0: Welcome to the Go Heart Chick Podcast, your podcast for all things health and wellness for women. This is your host, Crystal Holmes, and it is my mission to inspire and empower women to overcome stress and prioritize their inner healing for improved energy, health, and confidence. Our focus here at the Go Heart Chick Podcast is on the eight pillars of wellness, which we believe provides a holistic approach to achieving a healthier and more fulfilling life. Join us as we explore a wide range of topics and tools to support you on your wellness journey. Welcome, welcome back, Go Hard Chicks. Welcome back to the Go Hard Chick Podcast. This is episode 129, and this is your host, Crystal Holmes. Today we are tackling a topic that impacts millions of homes across the United States. We are talking about mold. Joining us is Brandon Faust, a mold detection and remediation expert who sheds the light on the significance of addressing mold issues. Go hard chicks, did you know that according to the Environmental Protection Agency, mold is present in about 50% Of the homes in the United States. That is a staggering number, which highlights the widespread nature of this problem. So mold, it isn't just an aesthetic issue. It can pose some serious health risks from allergies and respiratory issues to more severe conditions like asthma and neurological symptoms. Now, Go Hard chicks. you know I like to provide you with a wide range of topics and tools to support you on your wellness journey, and I would have been remiss not to talk about mold. In fact, I had been looking for a mold expert, and when I heard about Branded, I had to bring him on because, you know, I like to be candid and share. I had my own tussle with mold recently, and it made me sick. In this episode, Brandon takes us through the holistic approach required for proper mold detection and remediation. He emphasizes the importance of engaging certified professionals who prioritize safety, quality, and eco-conscious practices. Mold removal just isn't about aesthetics. I can't stress that enough. It's about safeguarding the health and well-being of our families. We delve into the various types of molds, their effects on our bodies and minds, and the costs associated with remediation. Brandon underscores the paramount importance of addressing mold issues promptly and effectively. Brandon also shares some indispensable tools and equipment that are vital for mold detection and remediation, so go hard chicks, I want you to press pause now and go get your pen and paper because this episode is jam packed with information. Brandon shares websites, tools, information. So if you're having a mold issue or you think you are, this episode is for you. Go get something to take notes. So join us go hard chicks as we explore this critical topic of mold and learn how to protect our homes, ourselves, our families, and our health. Speaking of families, (laughs) being a parent takes a lot out of you. And I haven't found anything that really gives me energy without making me crash. Coffee alone wasn't doing it for me. And I knew that reaching for multiple cups of coffee a day really wasn't the best for me mentally or physically. But since I started using Magic Mind, it has become my secret weapon for boosting mental energy, focus, and productivity without the crash. Imagine starting your day with a shot that enhances your coffee experience, extends the benefits of caffeine, and keeps you going all day long. That's exactly what Magic Mind does for me. Plus, it's packed with powerhouse ingredients like matcha, ashwagandha, and lion's mane mushrooms, which not only have sharpened my focus, but my stress and anxiety levels have dropped. Plus, I'm sleeping better. I sleep like a baby because I'm no longer consuming all that caffeine all day long. The folks over at Magic Mind, they have brought an exclusive offer to the Go hard Chick community. Just head over to magicmind.com backslash GoHard and use code GoHard20 to get up to 56% off your first subscription. Okay, if you don't want to subscribe, get a one-time purchase, but still use my code GoHard20 and get that 20% off. If you're having trouble being 100% some days, like me, I would really encourage you to try it out. Magic Mind is one of the few companies with a 100% money-back guarantee. No questions asked. So there's really no risk. If you don't like it, they'll refund you. So what do you have to lose, GoHard chicks? Visit magicmind.com backslash GoHard and use code GOHARD20 to get up to 56% off your first subscription, or just use GOHARD20 for your one-time purchase and get 20% off. Check out the show notes for the link and unleash your natural, healthy flow state with Magic Mind. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. We're talking mold with Brandon Faust. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, Brandon. Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on. I am thrilled about this conversation. I think when we initially spoke, I think I shared that This was like one of the topics in my mind (laughs) that I wanted to address because it's so important. So I'm thrilled to have you on today to talk about mold.
1: It's one of those subjects. It can be fascinating. I didn't think that it would be, you know, when I first got into it. But absolutely, the more I've dived in, the more that I found that it is something that is pretty intriguing and fascinating. There's a lot of, you know, information out there, misinformation, good information you know, so it's um, it's important to kind of get the true information at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, and
0: I don't think it's something, even though it should be, that's on a lot of folks' radars as potential issues uh, within their home, within their work environment. So I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you on.
1: Excellent. Yeah. The, the subject of, uh, you know, water damaged buildings and uh, sort of the sickness that can go along with it, I think um, it, you know, over the last few years, and really probably le- the last ten years, has become more and more awareness on it. And some of that is pop culture. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the Netflix series, um, The Last of Us. It yes. talks about like fungus growing inside of us and the whole concept of you know mold and its toxins. And then there's other shows that it's been on. Everybody's heard of um, black mold, right? And that it can obviously be pretty terrifying that that concept. But it's not just you know, black mold, there's white mold, there's, you know, brown mold, there's green mold, there's orange mold, there's, and some people are like, Oh, pink mold, but actually pink mold tends to be bacterial.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's one of these things that, you know, um, once you delve in uh, it can add a lot of, you know, clarity and shed some light on something that can be scary, or it can also be one of those things that people think it's, you know, a scam, and that it's really uh, not something to be concerned about. And I think that it's pretty much you want to be in the middle on it, because it is something that you should be aware of, it does cause issues. um, But you don't need to live in fear about it. There's definitely solutions to it.
0: Okay, that's good to hear. So without further ado, please just introduce yourself to the listeners, share with, with them whatever you want them to know about you and your background.
1: Sure. So, um, uh, you know, originally I wasn't involved in mold, although you know, my dad did have a construction company and, um, uh, we were partnered with an inspection company when I was a teenager. Um, it was short lived. I didn't stay, uh, on the West coast for long. And, um, you know, I basically, um, when I was doing that particular type of work, I didn't, I wasn't involved in that for very long. So I got into mold when we moved to Tampa And, um, a buddy of mine basically approached me on getting involved with his mold company. Initially I said, I'm, I'm not interested because I felt it was a a step down (laughs) and, you know, I had been doing, um, a lot of like marketing and sales and I worked for mainly like, um, white collar type work, you know, and uh, the concept of being a mold guy was not necessarily something that, you know, I kind of dreamt of all my life. <laughs> so I then, get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I also had um believe it or not, I was on the other extreme, you know, in terms of kind of down and dirty where I was also doing a lot of photography as well and kind of doing a lot of portraits and, you know. So there's this beautiful aspect of life and then there's this really nasty aspect of life, which I was like, I don't think I want to go there. But, um, you know, he said, look, there's equity involved if you, if you come on board and, um, my wife was pregnant at the time. So it was our first, our first child. And I thought, well, uh, I should probably plan for the future. Maybe I should do this. You know, I think that, uh, the financial demands are going to be higher than what a photographer, you know, but honestly I was also doing sales too, sales and marketing. So I probably could have gotten by, but I really liked the idea of a company that was going to be my own, you know, that I would have ownership in. So I said, let's do it. And then I started the certification and the training and started learning all of this stuff about mold. And I was like, okay, this is pretty fascinating. The impact there's a, because I really enjoy helping people and making a difference and there was an aspect of helping people with their indoor air quality that I did like, you know, that seemed appealing. So, um, a month after my son was born, he actually started waking up really congested, almost like he was having an asthma attack. And, um, my wife wanted to take him to the emergency room. And I, I said, look, it could be environmental. Let me just take a look around. And I started, you know, checking things out moving things. And sure enough, we moved this one shelving system and there was, you know, four square feet of mold in the back of the shelving system. And it was in the same room that the uh, air handler was located. So it was taking that moldy contaminated air and then blowing it throughout the rest of the house. And um, we ended up fixing the leak, removing the contaminated material. And then we sanitized the entire home doing the atomized sanitization process that we specialize in. And the next day he slept an hour longer and he had no trouble breathing. And that was my first sort of really big moment where I was like, oh, wow, because I thought about what would have happened had we not known to look for an environmental trigger and the doctors wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have known what was going on in the house. They wouldn't have known what was bringing this about and the amount of testing and blood draws, and, you know, who knows what would have occurred. And I felt like it probably would have been fairly traumatizing for him. So when I thought, about that, I got a lot more thorough in my initial walkthroughs that I was doing in people's homes and, you know, looking and really trying to find the actual source and the culprit behind the their air quality issues. You know? So Wow. And
0: so look yeah, I'm ahead. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Now your son started having the problems with congestion, but had your wife or, or yourself, had you all experienced anything? Not at that
1: time, no. And that's the thing okay. that's all a little bit mysterious about it is it, you know, it, mold's going to impact us differently, right? Everybody's immune system is different. Just like some people might be allergic to penicillin, right? The antibiotic, right? For some people, it might save their life. And for others, it could be really catastrophic. If they were to take it, you know, so people always ask, are you allergic to any sort of medication or antibiotics? Well, it's a similar type of thing where, and especially when you have a young immune system or somebody who might be immune compromised or, you know, the elderly, they might have a more severe reaction where somebody else can be in there and their body is going to produce antibodies and kind of fend it off where they might not be able to. And believe it or not, there's a certain percentage of the population, about 25% of them, they they have a particular uh, genetic deficiency where they do not detox at the same level. It takes a lot longer for their body to detox. So when you get into that and you look at the actual, um, you know, it could impact one side of the family and then the other just not getting impacted at all. So, one in four, one in five could be really suffering, and everybody else is okay. So, at that point in time, everybody else was fine. But in 2019, I got sick from mold, and my wife and kids were totally okay. And it was just me. But there's another factor where I was also going into moldy homes, you know, every day. And, you know, I was starting to feel fatigued and I was getting fevers and I had this pain in my chest that was like undeniable. It was not going away. Um, And I was sick and I was trying to figure it out. It was costing me time from work. It was costing me my ability to concentrate. Uh, And I ended up taking a test, which was called uh, a mycotoxin test. From um, at the time it was Great Plains Laboratory, but now it's the company's Mosaic Mosaic Diagnostics And uh, mycotoxins. And myco is a Greek word for fungus, and you know obviously a toxin, something poisonous. So the fungus poison is tested by a urine sample, and I did this sample, sent it in, and it basically I came back super high on five different mycotoxins and one of them was not just high it was like off the charts like high was five to fifty and I was at one thousand two hundred and fifteen so I was like Mm. super toxic and um I chalked it up to going into other people's homes and then six months later my air conditioning overflowed and I was removing the continuous flooring we had a luxury vinyl plank and um, it was continuous. So I was getting rid of all of it. And then I popped the baseboard in my master bedroom. And there was a toxic mold called catomium behind the baseboard. And then I decided to, you know, remove the material because with that particular type of mold, that's what you're supposed to do. And as I go two feet up, well, on the backside, there's two feet high of another mold called aspergillus penicillium. So I had to go four feet up. Because you want to go to basically a foot to two feet past any visible mold. So it was in basically three-fourths of my master bedroom. And the thing that was ironic is that I had even done an air sample in my master bedroom. And I had popped a baseboard on the other side of the room. And the air sample came back clean. The baseboard was clean. There was no visible signs. There was no smell. But there it was like lurking behind my walls. And releasing the gas that was poisoning me. And within three weeks of finding it, removing it, cleaning it up, sanitizing the whole house, all my symptoms went away.
0: So this is scary. (laughs) Because, you know, I think pretty intense, right? Yeah. A lot of people think they're gonna see it or they're gonna smell it. Um well well, let me ask you this. How big of a problem is mold in homes and environments? Like is there, are there any percentages, studies, like how many homes are?
1: Ooh, yeah, it's about 50%. There's about 50% right now. And I think that depending on where you're located, it's going to be higher, right? Because if you're in an area that is arid or more dry, your chances of there being a situation are lower because the environment will pull water out of the materials mm-hmm. faster. Right? Because... And there's science at play in regards to the speed of dryout that takes place based on the climate and based on the temperature and the amount of water droplets in the air compared to the amount of moisture in the contents. But if you're in a humid climate, like we are here in Tampa Bay, where we're literally a peninsula on a peninsula, we're surrounded by water and we have these torrential rains that take place. The humidity is like, on average year round, it's hard to dry out a structure. So the longer it stays wet, the higher the chance of there being mold because it's never going to fully dry out. So, you know, and that's the same for like Houston, you know, down in Louisiana, you know, these places that are on the Gulf that are close to the water where it tends to be pretty humid. Obviously, if you have listeners that are in the tropics, the difference is that here in the States, we have certain rules and regulations now in terms of, you know, energy efficiency. So the building envelopes are tighter and, you know, the material that we're building with it, it's cheaper than it used to be. We're using like drywall instead of plaster now, you know, and there's things like that. Not to mention there is other factors that could actually speed up the growth of mold you know in terms of technology that exists today and what i mean by that is there was a study done by a scientist where due to the electromagnetic uh, frequencies and the wavelengths it tends to agitate mold and when mold is agitated or it's attacked or it feels threatened it grows faster and it puts out more of the toxic substance about 600 times faster. So when you get into what's in our homes in terms of Wi-Fi, electronics, and things like that, it also might be leading to the rapid growth of mold or it being more toxic. So so there there is that factor. But then when you get into the energy efficiency, which is definitely a real thing, no question about it, the the building envelope tends to be tighter. So it's kind of similar to if there is colonized mold in your home. And that's when most people think mold, they think colonized mold. It's what they can see, it's visual, it's growing. Well, if you have that, and maybe if it's hidden, but it's in a tight building envelope, it's very similar to a car, you know, not an electric car, but obviously a gas powered vehicle it's going to release carbon monoxide. That's just part of what it does, right? So now you say take that same car and you put it in a garage and you close it up. And if there's people or pants or plants or pets in that garage, it's not good for them because they're breathing in all this carbon monoxide. And in actual fact, it can be very poisonous for them. So it's similar where if you do have colonized mold in your home and it's a large enough quantity it can release a toxic substance that is poisonous and it's in a building envelope where it's just recirculate it's just recycling you know so so yes in my case it was these two different molds battling it out and molds get territorial believe it or not so it feels another mold encroaching on its territory and it will start rep- producing more of the the mycotoxin So I thought I was in a safe zone and in actual fact, I was in a biological warfare zone, right? And that's kind of the thing that, you know, you go, well, how do we know, right? To your point, can't see it, can't smell it. How do we know? How many buildings have it? Well, there's quite a few because if there's been, you know, past water intrusion issues, if there's been floods, if there's been, you know, toilet overflows, if the humidity has been too high, if the AC has gone out, You know, all of these things can lead to mold. So the most important test really is the people test or is a person or are there people or one person in that home or in that building that is feeling like intoxicated or feeling sick or having sort of these mysterious symptoms like headaches, joint aches, respiratory issues, rashes. A chronic cough um you know these are the types of things that people talk about fatigue or how about if they go into the home um brain fog that's another one uh, even sometimes depression there's things like that where they don't understand why in that particular space they feel sick but then if they go on vacation and they're in a different environment <clears throat> all of a sudden a lot of their symptoms go away so it's really important to kind of be in tune to how, how you're feeling and also know the history of that home. Know the history of have there been, you know, past water intrusion events? Have there been, um, are you seeing little signs? Maybe like mildew, where for a lot of people, they think, oh, mildew, it's not that big a deal. But mildew is a euphemism for mold in many cases, right? Oh, it's just a little bit of mildew. But let's say you have luggage or shoes or a purse and it's starting to grow stuff on it. Well, that's a sure sign that the airborne levels are probably high versus the, right? It's a, um, yeah, it's one of those types of things. where I did not know that. Yeah. Mm.
0: So do you recommend... I know you mentioned if you someone is sick or not feeling well, would you recommend even if you're not feeling well to periodically have your home tested?
1: So testing is an interesting subject because it can be expensive, right? Yeah. And um, especially you're calling somebody out who's a specialist. They're running samples. The samples get submitted to the lab. The lab has to uh, develop them. But there are more economical ways of doing it, right? Like there's a company called Immunolytics um, that does petri dishes. And that's going to be a more economical route. There's also real-time labs. Um, They do environmental and they also do physical where you can do like a dust test. It's called an ERMI test, which is Environmental Relative Moldiness Index, I believe, is what it stands for. And, you know, you can take that and take some of the dust from the house and it can tell you if those levels are elevated. And then they kind of um, a lot of it is going to be like reading Greek when you first look at it and you're going to kind of be like, what am I looking at here? So you might want to, you know, hire somebody to be a consultant, but that's probably going to be cheaper than you know, uh, somebody coming out and taking a bunch of samples. There's also, uh, which I I like to refer to it, the cutest way of doing mold testing, which is a mold sniffing dog, you know, and they can come out and, you know, similar to like, you know, they can obviously test for drugs or sniff for drugs, bombs, you know, hard drives, whatever. Well, they get trained to sniff and smell for mold where on, for us, we're just not able, we're not that sensitive. But they tend to be more um, accurate. And then they're about 90% accurate, where the air samples are probably about uh, 30% accurate, which is kind of scary. Because uh, the, the air samples are usually testing you know, a certain space for a certain amount of time. So you may or may not have stuff floating around at that point in time. It may or may not be sporulating. It could be a heavy spore, so it immediately is going to the ground you know, depending on the type of mold. So now that's not to say that you shouldn't do air samples because that is data. And if it comes back hot, then you definitely know you have an issue if it's elevated, but then you also really need to find somebody who's a straight shooter, who's going to decipher it for you. And I really recommend having somebody who is doing the testing be different than the person who's doing the remediation project. And or the reason I say that, I just had a friend of mine contact me who knew that I was a specialist in this particular subject. So she reached out to me from the, from Orange County in California. And she got this whole report and protocol that was basically recommending that the um, bathroom get removed, the kitchen get removed, because there was sampling that came back that showed that there was certain species of mold her home. So I was expecting to see these numbers that were severely elevated. But then when I looked at the report, I was like, these are great numbers. These are not, this is not something that you should be removing your bathroom or your kitchen for. So you got to watch for people that are going to basically take advantage of the lack of knowledge or awareness that is out there. Because there are, certain, there are certain molds that are more toxic than others. And there are certain molds that are indicative of water damage and others that are naturally occurring in the environment. And there's a bunch of different factors at play. You know, so for example, if I get um, a test that comes back with five spores of Stachybotrys chartum, which is the toxic black mold well, that's a red flag. Whereas if I get a report that comes back with 500 cladosporium, I might raise an eyebrow. I might be like, okay, that's a little bit more than what should be there. Cladosporium is kind of naturally occurring. It can come in. It's not as toxic, although there is a toxic aspect to it, you know, or same thing with aspergillus penicillium. You know, if it's at 200. Is that concerning or not? Well, most people have no idea. To me, I look at that and I go, that's a great level for that particular type of spore. Now, what if it's at 5,000 on that particular spore inside and it's 10,000 outside? Well, some people will go, well, look, there's more outside than there is inside. But I go, 5,000 on pin ass, that can cause headaches, joint aches, respiratory issues. That's something that should be handled. We should definitely treat that or we should address that. So it's a matter of having somebody who's knowledgeable kind of translate those um results and be able to give you direction based on that, based on kind of what type, how much, compared to outside, you know, what are the different factors. So that's why having somebody who is independent and not going to benefit from doing the job be the one to do the testing and the person who's doing the job simply based on, you know, they have judgment once they're there and once they're seeing stuff, then yes, they should make sure that they take care of it. But realistically, you just got to make sure just like anything else that you're dealing with people with a moral compass who really do have your best interest at heart and are not trying to take advantage of a situation where there may be, A lack of knowledge.
0: So let me ask you, I have so many questions. Your friend that's in, I think you said LA. Right. When you saw these numbers and you said that that they weren't too high, what does that mean for her? That she doesn't need a complete tear down of her kitchen, for example?
1: Absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. So, um, you know, she does not need to do that. Um, You know, if she wanted to play it on the safe side, You know, she could get like a whole home sanitization and, you know, uh, there's companies out there that do that, that are, um, they go in and they basically do a full dry fog of the home. They run it through the ducts, you know, and it's a non-toxic product and that's the pure maintenance network. You know, they do that. So they do like a demolition free mold remediation. So that would be playing it kind of on the safe side. Now, with that said, um, I, there's a lot of that technology that I like and I respect and I think it's fantastic, but it's also one slice of the pie, you know? So I would never take, you know, for example, I was in a home yesterday where the lady had a slow leak and she pulled out her dishwasher and it's covered in black mold, you know, and, um goes behind her cabinets. Now, would I come in and just do a dry fog in that scenario? Absolutely not. Right. Like all of that material is coming out. That's contaminated material. And, um, you know, you also, am I going to fog the place afterwards? Yes, of course. At the tail end, after I've built containment, I've done the, you know, air control, there's negative air. The bad air is getting blown out of the house you know, filtration for bringing in good air. Um, we're going to have precision demolition. We're going to remove all of that stuff, properly bag it up, um, get it out of the house, do a full micro cleaning on the space, you know, like with a special vacuum that removes very tiny particles. Um, do like um, a wipe down with a microfiber rag and then we're going to end up cleaning the ducts and then si- sanitizing the house. Why? Well, she's got three kids, you know, it's a toxic mold. It's been there for a long time. You know, mold is not just the spores, it's the gas that it releases. The air samples don't even show the gas. The air samples are just showing the spores. That's a spore trap. So when, but you just need to extrapolate, like if it's that amount of mold, there's zero question that it's going to release a toxic substance. So it's almost like a chemical cleanup at that point in time so no the fogging would not be sufficient but you know in a case where there's a small amount of spores and they're wanting to play it on the safe side then yes they could get somebody to come in and do you know whole home sanitization you know doing like a dry fog
0: now you you mentioned like some of the symptoms that folks may may experience um I think you said brain fog, headaches, and the like. What other things or what signs could there be of mold? Maybe not physical symptoms that someone in the home might be suffering from, but something else that might tip you off that you may have a mold problem.
1: I mean, look, there was a article in Psychology Today um, from 2017 where the lady was um, a psychiatrist that was taking a bit more of a holistic approach to a lot of these symptoms. And she's talking about many of the psychiatric labels could very easily be environmental triggers. Because part of what happens is the mycotoxins tend to be fatty in substance, so they have a natural affinity to the most fatty part of the body, which is the, the brain. And it actually can interrupt the neurological transmission and it can create a lot, a host of mental disorders along with physical disorders. So, and these ultrafine particles can get into your lungs. It can get into the bloodstream. And clearly I'm a mold guy. I'm not a a doctor and I'm not trying. So any of this stuff is just based off of my experience and conversations in my own studies. But You know, it's definitely worth looking at in terms of the amount of physical and mental impact, like the non-optimum physical situations that can arise or mental situations that can arise. A lot of it could trace back to an environmental trigger, Mm. you know, and yeah.
0: What about like odors? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it can, there's a host of, look, when you go, this might translate a little bit better, right? How about fungal infections? How many people have heard of, you know, fungal infections of the sinuses, athlete's foot, Mm -hmm. you know, ringworm, right? Things like that. What's that coming from? Those are all, that's mold, right? That's a fungus, you know. A mushroom is fungus, but then you have colonized mold. Those two things are different, but they're part of the same kingdom. It is the fungal kingdom. And the way that fungus replicates is through the release of spores. So the spores are not alive or dead. They are um, little seeds, similar to like going to the store and buying, you know, apple seeds and planting them. The seeds are not alive or dead. They have the potential to be alive. So, if you inhale these spores, right, what do the seeds need to grow? Well, they need water, oxygen, and nutrients. Well, what does the body provide? Water, oxygen, and nutrients, organic nutrients. So, you literally can get mold starting to grow in your body. And that, you know, like there's a particular medical condition called aspergillosis where aspergillus is starting to grow in your body. And that's one of those things that you, if you have elevated levels, you know, of aspergillus in your home, then that you're increasing the chances of some of that, some of that taking hold and impacting your actual physical body from the inside out, you know? So, you know, what are the different side effects or possibilities? I mean, there's a lot. The main thing is, You know, there's not really any mold that's a good mold to have in your home. If your home is wet, the chances of mold developing are high. You know, if your humidity levels are over 60%, there's a good chance that mold will develop, If, especially if you're not drying it out. That's why you want to dry things out. And it's not just dry to the touch it's or dry to the eye. It's like using moisture meters to determine, you know, is this actually dry? You know, we've seen it where homes have had, you know, like, you know, concrete slabs and then they don't do a proper vapor barrier. And then they put wood down and then they might even put like a LVP over wood and it creates like a moldy sandwich because it's no longer being able to breathe and it traps the moisture. And then you get mold underneath the flooring. We've seen it where it's concrete slab. of. Poor vapor barrier and then like a laminate and then it gets wet under the laminate and mold loves organic cheap material and you get a ton of mold under the flooring. So there's a lot of different possibilities in terms of the way that mold can develop. But at the simplest stage, if you want to keep your home mold free, you want your home as clean and dry as possible.
0: Now, just so I'm clear the listeners are clear if the if they think if someone thinks they have a mold issue what types of methods of detection should they be looking for like are they better or they're worse like you mentioned air tests might not be that great what should they look for
1: so it really does depend on of course in budget di- dictates a lot right right so and there's also um the the level of potential pain, if you will. So Meaning symptoms this,
0: and that kind of pain?
1: <laughs> is it is it debilitating, right? Are you not able to function? Is it life or death? Are you immune compromised? Is it you have to find, you know, you have, you've gone to a, let's say, functional medicine doctor or integrative medicine doctor, and they've done physical testing, and they've told you, look, you have mold. It's either in your home or your work. Will I work from home? Well, then it's definitely in your home, right? It's in your body. So you need to find it. And how, you know, are you spending a huge amount of money on this medical handling and the medical handling is going to go nowhere if you're going back to an environmentally toxic home. So at that point in time, you do not want to just rely on some petri dishes that you get from immunolytics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know so then you have to look at, look, there's low tier, mid-tier, top tier. There are certain inspection companies that are charging pretty large amounts of money because they're doing a, a very thorough, series of tests, right? They're ta- they're doing air samples, they're doing direct samples, they're doing bacterial samples, they're doing VOC sampling, they're doing um, an ERMI sample, like the Environmental Relative Moldiness Index Test. This is a super sensitive test. So they may have seven or eight different types of tests that they're doing to really determine develop an indoor air quality profile on your home. They're going into your attic. They're going into your crawl space. They're doing cavity samples. They're, you know, there's no stone left unturned. They're really doing a deep dive. It might be two people in your home for six hours, seven hours, eight hours. That's going to be a very pricey inspection. Okay. Then you might have mid-tier, which is usually acceptable for most, where it's somebody who's has experience, they know what to look for, they have flashlights, they have potentially a borescope, they're looking into your ducts, they're looking into the AC unit. They're looking they're, you know, looking into cavities, you know, like with the borescope. They're going into maybe they're going into the crawl space, they're poking their head in their attic, but you're looking at maybe 2 hours versus two people for 6 to 8 hours. Uh, They're doing air samples, they're doing direct samples on anything that may be suspicious, and then they're sending it to a lab, and then they're writing a report and what's called a protocol, which is the step-by-step handling to make that home safe and healthy again. So that's going to, you know, that could range anywhere from 500 to 800, you know, for an inspection like that. You know, then there's the low tier, which is really kind of like a home inspector that sort of tacks on a couple mold samples, you know, part of their service. Or you might have an inspector that really doesn't know what they're doing. And they're just going in there and kind of putting a couple pumps in different rooms and saying, yeah, you're good, which unfortunately leads to a false peace of mind if they come back saying, oh, yeah, you're good. Uh, when they didn't really look. They did not put on their detective hat. And that's, to me, I think the most crucial element of all is knowing where to look and having the tools to look in the right places. And they should be looking at any place where there is moisture.
0: Okay. Do you have any tips? If someone suspects that the issue is their place of employment I mean, I can imagine some, some folks are not, you tell that to your boss, they're not going to want to pay to have the building inspected for mold. (laughs) Any tips on how to deal with that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a tough one. Uh, That is a tough one. Um, the first thing is just kind of knowing that looking, because a lot of times you can look and you can see, look, there's dark spots on the vents. That's not good. That type of mold is usually cladosporium and it is a mold that does produce a mycotoxin that can lead to headaches, respiratory issues, and skin rashes and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, it's also, how about if there's a, been a moisture or water intrusion issue and there's, um, you know, stuff growing on the wall, right? Not good. And then it's not just that there might be a situation, it's also how do they handle it? Because the thing that we really haven't even touched upon is remediation can be done, right? And let's say it's a general contractor that goes in there that doesn't really know mold, they don't respect mold, they don't think it's an issue, and they just go and tear out the material. Well, what they've also just done is turned it into a mold explosion, and they've agitated it, and now the spores are everywhere, and the mycotoxins could also be now airborne and in the environment. And every building is going to have different, you know, currents, air currents in terms of like pulls and pushes and pressure. So that can then float around and then you can be exposed to it and it can actually make the situation worse. So in a lot of cases when you're dealing with, you know, a landlord situation or property management or a a boss, they may not want to um, bring a lot of attention to it. And they may not necessarily handle it the right way. So it really is a matter of having the discussion and bringing up their awareness in regards to how important it is to have exceptional or even acceptable air quality. Right. And, um, you know, there's, I think, a factor where realistically, if you have any landlords or property owners listening, you know, I will speak to them. And I will say that there is a liability factor that you need to be aware of. That if you do not do it the right way, that can result in a much more pricey bill down the road if somebody decides to take action and get, you know, lawyers involved because their safety and their health is at risk. So the best thing to do is handle it properly and actually understand that there is a liability factor that is far worse than paying for doing it the right way.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a good tip. That's a great tip. Now you you touched on it, remediation um, and not like obviously don't get your cousin down the street who might be a contractor. <laughs> what should we be looking for? We've discovered mold in the house or how do we what kind of company should we should we be looking for? Uh, how do we know they're doing it right? Any tips on that? Well,
1: of course, first and foremost, um, you know, the good news is that we all have the ability to do a little research these days, right? And reviews and reputation and references are all crucial and something to look at. But, um, you know, we all had to start at some point in time, right? And how about somebody who's just starting out? Well, then you need to make sure that they're knowledgeable And that they know their stuff. Are they licensed? Some states require a license. Some don't. But minimally, are they certified? What certification have they done? Is this like a two-hour class online? Or did they go for three to five days, you know, learning about this stuff? Do they have the proper tools, you know? Um, And even three to five days is not a a lot of time. You really should have more experience, you know, and they in the state of florida you have to have at least four years of experience to get a license unless you went to university for um you know biology or microbiology and have a degree then you just need one year of experience but you have to um you know minimally you should know the tools you should have the tools of the trade you know you should have containment, you should have air scrubbers, you should have dehumidifiers, you should have meters, you should be able to check for relative humidity, you should be able to check for moisture. These are the things that you should be looking at. And there's other filtration devices that you could have as part of your arsenal. You know, um, do they understand what a mycotoxin is? Do, is there a health-centric aspect to their approach? You know, are they using... Um, are they using products that tend to be poisonous? Are they using products that are green or eco-friendly or non-toxic? You know, these are the types of things that I would be asking if um, somebody was coming into my home and talking about doing any sort of remediation. But I think that if you're starting to kind of get the sense that they don't know what they're talking about, then they probably don't. And, you know, you might want to find somebody else that, um, does. Now the other aspect of it is they may talk a good game, but then they're not delivering. At the and that's where I would say, hey, we're gonna put this on pause. If you see that they're not putting up proper containment, if they are not putting down like floor protection, they're not respecting your home, they're not <clears throat> really looking at those things, then it might be time to pause that project. Yeah.
0: Now you yeah. mentioned, I think a lot of people are, um, scared of the cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm being frank, what, and I know you're in Florida, but just so folks have an idea.
1: Look, the, the cost is a thing. It It's not cheap to do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you kind of go into all the expenses that go along with it, you know, of course you can get like, um, you know, a dad and his son. You know, they are been doing it for a long time, and they might have a better price than you know. Let's say a larger operation. Um, but you also have to, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen those kind of like diagrams where it's like speed, price, quality, and it's like pick, pick two because you're not getting three, right? It's if you want it done fast and you want it to be a good quality, you're going to need to pay a better price, right? A higher price. So it's kind of similar where the dad and his son may not be that responsive. They may kind of have a waiting list of four weeks because their price is better, but they're not able to get to all the jobs. So they might have a waiting list and mold is not one of those things where you really want to be on a waiting list. You want to, once you know there's a situation, want to handle it sooner than later. So, but if you kind of go into like, well, what goes into a project? Well, there's equipment, there's maintenance of the equipment, there's um, the licensing, there's the classes that you have to take, there's the insurance, there's the workers comp, the general liability, there's all of these things that go into <clears throat> if you're doing it right. And if they're not willing to play by the rules on that stuff, why would they play by the rules on the other stuff? So Usually, if they're a good business and they're doing things per the book, by the book, then they're going to have more expenses. So, a remediation project could be anywhere from three grand to 30 grand, depending on the size of it. You know, um, there's been projects that have been massive projects where the entire home, imagine if you get a home that's infested, that's sat. And it's fully contaminated and it was wet and it sat for six months and mold is literally on every wall, on every ceiling, on every item. So what would you pay for a full demo project on a home? What would be the price tag for just demolition? You're not talking about equipment. You're not talking about people that are, you know, it's in a hazardous industry. So the price tag can be pretty, pretty high you know, once you look at it from that perspective. So um, I guess it really kind of just depends on the scope of, and what I would recommend usually is look, get three quotes. And you you may not want to go with the lowest, right? But get three quotes to make sure that you're not getting gouged. And also, let's say you have somebody that's better, more knowledgeable, you get a better vibe they seem more trustworthy, right? But their price is higher. You could always say, look, you know, I got three quotes. I wanted to use your company. I want to use your company, but you're literally coming in 20% higher than the other guys. Is there something that you can do for me on this? And they might be able to think with that, or they may say, look, my prices are my price. But at the end of the day, you know, there's that saying, buy once, cry once, right? Like, you know, like when I was doing photography, a lot of times I would look for different lenses. And because I was on a budget, I might buy the cheaper lens. And then I look at the quality of photograph and I see the distortions and I see that it's not sharp. And I'm like, I can't do anything with this. So, now I go and buy the lens that I knew I should have bought In the first place, it was more expensive, but it was the right lens. And now all my shots are crystal clear. So now I had to pay for it twice. Where if I would have just done it with the person that really knew how to do it in the first place, you wouldn't have to get it redone.
0: See, I I wish I had spoken to you sooner, Brandon, because we had a a mold issue in my home. um, And I... I was having symptoms. I have an autoimmune disease and I noticed a flare up and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I, but I had a lot of congestion constant, could not get rid of it. I would leave me alone for a day or two and come right back. And it just so happened. My home office is in our, our basement. It was raining really hard one day. I happened to go to the other side of the basement on a whim. I never go over there, but, and I noticed all this water and long story short, one of our down was leaking and it was forcing water into the walls and into the house. And when, when they came and they removed all of that, it was like, Oh, okay. We've got a mold situation back there. Yes. Um, but I couldn't believe, well, then I started making the connection that, that, you know, how sick it was making me.
1: Yes. <clears throat> it's a real thing. And, you know, anybody that doubts it, you know, um, I mean, I can tell you that I've not only seen it with my son, went through it myself, but have seen it with thousands of clients and have heard this story so many times. But let's just take a look at a couple things like um, magic mushrooms, right? That's a fungus. What happens if you take magic mushrooms? It's going to have a mental effect on you. Some good, mm-hmm. some bad, right? I'm not recommending it whatsoever. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, how about alcohol? What is that? It's yeast fermentation. If you take too much of it, you're literally drinking like a mycotoxin. A lot of money that goes along with it. Some people like it. Some people, they feel bad afterwards, but it, mentally it can take them in a different place. Um, or how about LSD? I mean, I'm talking about drugs, but LSD comes from ergot, which is a rye mold and a mycotoxin. So, That can make you trip and sometimes bad or penicillin, right? Mm -hmm. It Some people it can help them. Some people it can do something bad. But if you take all of those examples, what are you getting from the examples? It can have a mental and physical impact on you. So if you have these environmental triggers that are releasing these toxins into your environment, absolutely, it can have an impact on you. And most of them are bad. You know, so it's important to find out, you know, so one of the things that I didn't really touch upon is that there are some economical routes. Like, yes, you can do your own air sampling, mymolddetective.com. You can get air samples and you can get five of them, you know, five cassettes, six cassettes Do the samples, you know, do the Petri dishes. You can get a bunch of them, hit it on different levels and just see kind of what's going going on and you can start crossing it off the the list. But if it's showing up, you know, then, Hey, you're going to probably need to call in a professional or you can just go straight to calling in a professional and make sure that the professional knows, listen, even if you do the remediation, I'm only going to have your company do the inspection, but I want the inspection to be thorough. So please, you know, I want to sample every room. I want you to look into every room. I want you to check every place where there's moisture, you know, HVAC included. The HVAC is a huge source of mold because of the condensation that occurs from the coils and the amount of moisture that gets into the system. So really have them do a thorough walkthrough. Uh, If you do have a mold sniffing dog in your area, that, you know, that could be a really great route to find out, you know, hey, is there anything here? But yes.
0: I have never heard of that. I never knew that there were dogs that could do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And look, there's a couple of things that I'm going to, I want to provide to your listeners that are free resources. Um, One, uh, I recently wrote a book called Mold-Free Living, How to Prevent Mold in a Humid Climate. And they can download that at moldebook.com. Okay. Super simple. You just go in there, put in your name, where you heard about us, the podcast, and your email address, and you get the book. And it's, you know, 15 action tips on how to prevent mold in your home. And there's a lot of knowledge there from going through 3,500 homes in Tampa Bay. So even if you're not in a humid climate, there's a lot of pointers in there that are really, really valuable. Um, the other one is there's a Facebook group. I'm not an admin of it, but I'm part of it. Um, and it is Mold and Toxins uh, Healing Your Home and and body, I believe is the name of it, right? But it's a fantastic resource. Um, there's a lot of people on there. It's growing quickly. Um, and, but the person that runs it, her name is Kendra. I have not met her, but I can tell you that there's not that many of us that have done the training that she's done and I'm pulling it up right now. So it's called mold and toxins healing your home and body. It's got 25,000 members right now. And it has a tremendous amount of uh, information and resources that, you know, you can um, basically have access to.
0: Okay. Now, just so I can recap, just so that I understand, <laughs> and of course the listeners, <laughs> I, I think what I asked you, like, should we just go and just test off willy-nilly? And I think your response is, unless you're having some symptoms or there's some signs, you wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Is that fair? I
1: would say that that's fair. Yeah, cuz okay. look, you can always do it just as a precautionary measure, but just know you're going to drop a couple hundred bucks when you do that. And right. that's okay. Look, there's a there's you're paying for peace of mind, and there's something there's a value to peace of mind, you know? But right. at the same time, you may be paying for a false peace of mind, which is almost worse cuz you just paid good money for a bad result. So, you know, um, is there reason to believe that there may be an issue? Are you dealing with chronic, you know, situations that might be triggered by an environmental aspect to it? Cause it could be bacterial. It could be mold. There might be something else happening, <clears throat> but you've gone to doctors and they're not really, pinpointing it and they're not giving you any solid answers, you know, similar to with my son, right? Like he was having an asthma attack. He was having a hard time breathing. Well, it we had reason to believe that maybe the environment might be causing it. And we were spot on about that. You know? So also, have there been, you know, is there a past history of water intrusion issues and now we're not feeling great. You know, I was just at a buddy of mine's house. Um, and he didn't even realize it, but he's been waking up with congestion and itchy eyes and he wasn't even putting two and two together. He just happened to pull his fridge out and there was a bunch of mold behind the fridge. Now somebody else might've said, Oh, well you need to tear out this entire wall. But the mold was in midway on the wall, and it was not uh, black. And really what was happening is the refrigerator was getting cold. The wall was getting cold, so there was enough moisture. It's like putting ice cubes into a glass, and there was moisture on that wall, and now there's mold growing on it. Well, then you look in the HVAC, and it's contaminated. So the contaminated HVAC is blowing spores into that area where there's moisture, and now there's mold on the on the wall. But guess what? It doesn't require doing a whole tear-out reconstruction project. It's a matter of we're going to clean that up for him, but when we go to clean it up, what's going to happen? It's going to aerosolize, and it's going to defend itself. It's going to release the mycotoxins. So that would not be enough. So we're going to clean the ducts. We're going to remove the mold, clean it up, wipe it down, and then we're going to do a whole home sanitization for him to address the air quality, all while under negative air, and making sure that we are not making the problem worse. So, but at least he doesn't have to go through the pain of building it all back afterwards. Okay. You
0: know? So you don't have to tear down any part of his wall. It sounds no. <laughs> that's good.
1: <laughs> right. So, but but it's also important to have somebody that's going to look out for you and go, look, this is what you do need to do, and this is what you don't need to do. And this is how we can handle it without doing a whole reconstruction project on your kitchen.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, that gives that. It's not even my kitchen. And I feel like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Brandon. Is there anything you wanted to discuss that I didn't ask you about?
1: You know, I, I just appreciate the fact that you're bringing awareness to this topic. You know, your indoor air quality is such an important aspect of the the life that you live. You know, so when you really look at it, if your, your food is contaminated or your water is contaminated or your air is contaminated, there's no way that any of those things are at a poor quality and that you are able to live your best quality of life. Right. It's just those you have to have clean food, clean water, clean air. And the fact that you're bringing awareness to this topic, I think is really important.
0: Yeah. And that's the whole goal of this podcast is to bring awareness because, you know, a lot of times if you're not, if it's not on your radar, you're not going to think about it. And mold sometimes is not on everybody's radar and it can make you very sick. That's a fact. Yeah, so thank absolutely.
1: you. And they can always f- find us at mold or, um, on Instagram at mold They can send us a message and we definitely like responding to, you know, the people that are seeking information.
0: Yep. And so listeners, it will all be in the show notes. If you want to reach out to Brandon, please check the show notes. Thank you, Brandon, for joining absolutely. me.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: Before we conclude this episode, I want to give a massive shout out to our incredible Go Hard Chick community. Your support fuels my fire, and I am so grateful for each one of you. If you love what you're hearing, share the love. At the heart of this podcast is the belief that we can all live a happier, healthier, and fuller life. So we need the word to get out to as many Go Hard Chicks as possible so they too may gain valuable information by being a part of this community. And of course, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. It really helps. Until next time, Go Hard Chicks, take care.